Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson. And today we have a special guest. Today we are going to be doing a little sample coaching session with Carola Fuerte. So welcome, Carola, to the podcast. Hi, Tori. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. It is great to have you here. Carola is calling in from Chile. So one of the things I love about being a life coach is that we get to connect with people all over the world, which is just so neat. And when it comes to parenting, we have a lot of universal issues. It doesn't seem to matter what country you're in or what language you speak, that, uh, you know, it's parenting is, is a challenging time and we are all in this boat together. Yes, it is. <laughs> Carola works as a weight loss coach. And so, Carola, if someone was because that's one thing I don't specialize in. I don't do weight loss coaching. If somebody was looking for help with losing weight, what's your website that they could go to? Yeah, it's www.naturalweightcoach.com or www.carolafuertes.com. Okay, naturalweightloss.com or carolafuertes. Oh, natural weight coach. Okay, sorry. I will put a link to the show note or in the show notes, I'll put a link to your website in there in case anybody's looking for some support in that department. But today we're here to talk about parenting. So why don't you tell me how old your kid is and what kind of issues you're having? Sure. So I have two kids. I have a boy who is six years old and a girl who is four years old. And today I would like to be coached on the boy, my oldest, And well, he's adorable. And of course, I love him to death and all of that. Yes. And the thing is that what I'm struggling with at the moment is that he is very opinionated. Like he has very strong uh, opinions about what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he wants to do and why, and what he doesn't want to do and why. And being a life coach, I, I try to be very mindful of having a manual for him and not making him or what he does or doesn't do responsible for how I feel. But then I struggle with, of course, I want to shape him and help him be like a, a good member in society. And then I get really confused and all messed up in my mind. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you come on the show and coach you is because you are a life coach and you do understand all of these tools. And as I was telling you before the call, like one thing I don't like about being, especially a parenting coach, is that people think, oh, I must be a perfect parent and have my act completely together. But no, just because you know these tools, like we all still have our blind spots and you and I still get coaching. I mean, that's how I saw you was you were getting coached by our life coach, Brooke. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly on there asking when I run into 
you know, obstacles and, and blind spots. I think it's maybe as life coaches, we recognize when we're hitting our blind spots more than, you know, someone who hasn't been exposed to the work. It sounds like you've got this idea in your head that you said, I know that my child is not responsible for my feelings. And then I get to decide how I want to feel regardless of his actions. <laughs> Those things are separate. And yet when you see certain behaviors, it makes you nervous. And, you know, you said, I want to shape him and mold him into becoming this good member of society, uh, this good citizen. So what that tells me is that there's a part of you that's thinking, uh-oh, he's not looking like a productive member of society or a, a good citizen. So tell me about the behaviors that you're seeing these opinionated. Why does that bother you? Sure. Well, we are we live in the southern hemisphere so now we are in the middle of our summer break that means that he's home a lot more than normally when he's going to school and of course um my husband and I we both work from home and he is alone some of the time and he gets bored and he does things that we tell him not to do but he does them anyway he doesn't even try to hide them <laughs> so he climbs and looks through drawers and cupboards and closets. And besides it being dangerous because he could fall and like break an arm or whatnot, there's nowhere that I can hide anything now because he gets everywhere. And he like takes medicine, like medications or things like that. That could be potentially dangerous. And we explain, I, I make it a point of explaining why I have the boundaries that, that I set and why I tell him to not do certain things, but he doesn't listen. And I get really frustrated. Okay. Yeah. And so you set the rules, you give him a clear explanation as to why these rules are set and that it's for his safety and his well-being. Yes. And he still disobeys them. Yes. And, and so, he doesn't hear. <laughs> oh, he hears. <laughs> he hears you loud and clear. He just disobeys. <laughs> and so do you agree with me? Am I? Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Hears. He, he hears. He doesn't care. He doesn't. Yeah. It's not, he, he's not interested in obeying your rules. Yeah. And so when you see this behavior of him misobeying and just, you know, kind of just not paying attention to your rules, doing what he wants to do, how do you feel? I feel very frustrated. And to be honest, a part of me kind of likes it. A part of me likes that he, like, cares about what he wants and is very clear about that. I think that's a positive thing. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't that way when I was a child and I really appreciate that. And I secretly, not, not so secretly because I speak about that with my husband. We value that trait in him, but at the same time for practical and safety reasons, we need him to obey. So I don't know how to make him. And I, I really think that I can't make him. So then I, <laughs> I feel really powerless. 
right. I feel frustrated, powerless, like, I don't know if defeated is also one of the emotions. And at some moments, I even feel resentful. And that's when I start to not like it. Yeah. Why do you feel resentful? Because when I am tired, I I tend to take it personally. Like he's doing it to spite me. Like I forget that he is doing it because it's interesting for him and that he loves me and that he doesn't do it to bother me. It's not about me. It's about him and his exploration. Right. But I, t- I forget. When he disobeys the rules, a part of you admires his personality trait, yes. but another part of you can, you know, probably the first time you think it's cute. Second time you think it's annoying. Third time you're starting to lose it because you're getting resentful because you're making it mean that he's doing it on purpose. Yes. Doing it to bother me, to spite me. Yeah. Or like he's playing dumb. Why would that bother you if he was playing dumb? Oh, that's a good question. Because I I make it mean that he thinks that I am dumb. Like <laughs> I would fall for that. He's act. playing me for a fool, right? That's that kind yes. of, you know, yes. he's doing it on purpose. He's playing yeah. dumb on purpose to try to fool me and think he thinks I'm dumb. Yeah, because I tell him, hey, don't do this. And this is the reason why. And I say, do you understand? And he says, yes. And then when he does it again, I ask him, hey, why did you do it again? I told you no. Okay, and- so this is where we're getting into it. Okay, so I just want to show you like the reason you're feeling frustrated and powerless and defeated and resentful is because you have the thought you're, that he's doing it on purpose yeah. to bother you. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like he's being mean to you. Like he's purposefully putting himself in harm's way and, you know, really trying to irritate you. And so when you feel resentful, frustrated and defeated and powerless, how do you act? I throw a fit. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I raise my voice. Mm-hmm. I I stop trying to connect with him. I start trying to make myself hurt, which involves raising my voice and not allowing him to talk back. And I may remove him from the space where we're at. Like I may give him a time out. Mm-hmm. And how does that work? How does the timeout go over? Not well. <laughs> and I don't really like timeouts as a tool for parenting. But when I am feeling defeated and resentful, I, I, I do that. And I regret that always because I don't believe it's effective. So you're diva- So what you're doing is you're creating another situation of cognitive dissonance for yourself. So cognitive dissonance is when we have those two competing beliefs in our head at the same time, which makes for very inconsistent parenting, right? So because we're like, oh, I kind of like this, but I kind of don't. Or like I'm putting him in timeout, but I don't really believe in timeouts. And I don't really think this is going to work. So how, so timeouts, 
I'm, I don't have opinions on whether it's good, bad, right, wrong. It's a matter of whether it's working for you. But so in your home, when you put them in timeout, then what happens? Well, now speaking about it, I realize that timeouts are more for me, like for me to gather myself. So maybe sure. I should put myself in timeout. <laughs> That's out. how I did it. I, most of the time that was yes. me putting myself in timeout. Not always, but it was like yeah. for your protection. So I don't hit you. I'm putting you in timeout and me in timeout because like yes. the anger would get so, you know, high. So yes. what, what, what's the result of you yelling, putting him in timeout, throwing a fit? Well, um, it, it breaks the pattern. I mean, okay. it breaks whatever had been going on before. So that's not necessarily bad, but like the ultimate result is, I don't even know how to articulate it, is lack of connection, like a, maybe a deepening of the disconnect mm -hmm. and I I don't know what's going on in his brain so probably not very nice things he often says things like I hate you I don't want to be a part of this family anymore he's even tried to leave like the home mm -hmm. so and I remember doing that when I was little mm -hmm. of okay. course he stays like outside Right, right by the door. But he's expressing his anger yes. and frustration with the situation. Yes. And I think he, he really thinks it's unfair. Yeah. And so when you, so you feel disconnected from him uh, during a timeout, does he stay in his room? Like, do you set a timer? Does he just fight the whole time and it never really works? Like, no, now he stays, now that he's older. It, it wasn't that way always that he stays. And then I normally manage to come quickly, like a few minutes. And then I, I try to go in. And if he's receptive, we will have a conversation. And I usually apologize. And he is very open to that, which is great. And I really appreciate that. Because I see with my daughter, with the four-year-old, she's not. So I know that if I can't get a hold of my behavior in, in these regards mm -hmm. with her, it's going to be worse because she doesn't accept apologies. Like she holds she the stays mad. For, yeah. Yeah. So I, I appreciate with him that he's really open and, and it, we, we get over it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you yell, throw a fit, put him in timeout. Sometimes it leads you to connect with him. So you, you apologize. He forgives you that there's kind of this coming back together. Yes. Uh, but I am not sure that there is not damage being like, right. So then you feel guilty. Yes. Very. So even if you two come together and reconnect, you're left feeling guilty. Very good. Okay. Yeah. And so this is kind of a great example of how sometimes we can get stuck in a pattern that we don't like because it's kind of working for you. It disrupts his behavior. He stops, you know, acting up. You save his life from taking medicine or whatever, you know, and climbing on cabinets that he's not supposed to. And so, and then the end, you kind of reconnect, but then you feel guilty. Yes. I see it's the guilt that keeps us stuck. And in, 
in the long run, I don't know that it prevents him from doing it again. Right, right. Because he's getting his reward, right? Because we want to take a look at what's his motivation for misbehavior. Why hmm. is he disobeying you, climbing cabinets, taking medicine? Clearly, there's a reason why he's doing that. And he's getting a reward. So you're getting the benefit of this breaking the pattern and getting to a reconnection with him. So this is working for you. It's working for him because he's getting your attention. He's getting you to step away from work, pay attention to him and some excitement. So you want, there's a lot of different motivations for behavior, misbehavior that kids will go through. One is attention. One, and it doesn't matter positive or negative. They'll take it any way they can get it. Uh, one is excitement, right? Like, so watching mom throw a fit sometimes is it, it's <laughs> entertaining and empowering. For sure. Yeah, like they can watch you, watch us and go like, wow, like all I have to do is say no. And mom like, throws this raging fit. Like this is so entertaining, you know? So that's a motivation. Sometimes it's revenge. You know, they might push their sister over when you're not looking because, you know, to get back at her or something like that. Uh, you know, there's lots of motivations for this misbehavior. And so we want to understand his motivation because then we can interrupt the cycle. But what's, start, what's getting in your way, I think, from this, from noticing it is, well, a couple of things. One is this thought he's doing it on purpose mm, to bother. Yeah. Yeah. So can you see how it's that thought that's keeping you stuck in this pattern? Yes. Of throwing a fit, yelling, and then feeling guilty afterwards. And so when we feel guilty, it doesn't motivate us to take productive action. Hmm. You would think it would, because you're like, oh, I did something wrong. But here's the thing. When we feel guilty, it means that we're taking on all the blame. And we kind of think like, okay, I've solved the problem. It's all me. I'm a bad mom. <laughs> I'm failing. I'm messing up. I've solved the mystery. But really, it's not helping you take productive action because it's not helping you get to what is his motivation for misbehavior. You think you've solved it by taking all the blame yourself, right? Yeah, makes sense. So whenever a parent feels guilty, you want to use that as your opportunity to go in. Like, let's not stop there. Don't stop at guilt. Guilt is your window in and saying, okay, I can take responsibility for my part, but let's open it up and take a look at the bigger picture here and the bigger pattern so that we can undo it. From the yeah. beginning. <laughs> <Get caught. laughs> okay. Now, is it possible to undo it? Well, first thing we got to undo is this thought that he's doing it to spite me, to bother me, right? Yeah. So when you think that thought, it makes you frustrated, powerless, that keeps you, then you throw a fit, and then it leads to you feeling guilty. Yeah. You're yelling and punishing or whatever. And so yes. this thought, he's doing it to spite me. Can you see any benefit in continuing to think this thought? No, not honestly. What not. has this thought cost you? Well, I think my own peace to start with and opportunities to show up as 
like more intentionally as the kind of mother that I would like to be. Right. It's like your brain is just like, he's doing it on purpose. It's like, them are fighting words. <laughs> it's like, you're going to fight me. I'm going to fight you back. Even if it's just a perception that he's yeah. doing this on purpose to annoy me. We're like, well, then I know how to annoy you. Like, yeah. I can, and we match our child's energy or the perceived energy, right? Of like, he's fighting me, I'll fight him. And then it, it doesn't give us the results that we want. Yeah. And it's, it's also shameful for me. Like I, I, I realized after the fact that I, I behaved like a child. Right. And I think that's why you're saying like the timeouts aren't working and why you have so much cognitive dissonance, because the energy you're in when you're doing it, you can tell is more punishing or it's just not who you want to be. It's not coming from your highest and best self. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's not the timeout so much as the energy you're in when you are. Yeah, totally. So can you imagine who you would be without the thought he's doing this to spite me? Mm, Yeah. I mean, I imagine that I would show up more grounded and more in charge of my emotions and my reactions. And I would be able to be more curious maybe about why she's doing what she, what he, why he is doing what he's doing. And I would be able to connect more maybe and find a solution that doesn't involve yelling or I don't know. Right. Losing your cool, your center. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So if you wanted to feel curious and connect with your son when he's misbehaving, what is a thought you could think about his behavior that would help you feel that way? Well, the thought that comes up in those situations and that, I would think should be useful is not, which is why the, is he doing this? <laughs> Since we were on podcast, you nobody can see you mouthing the swear word there, but I can see you on video. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So it's like, why is he doing this? Why, what's his motivation? Yeah. What is because really, like kids, are, you know, communicate non-verbally, right? They're trying to tell us something. They just don't have the words. Exactly. I think that's frustrating for me, too, because I can see that he is not able to communicate in a way that I can understand what's going on in his brain. Right. And so we want to take a look at the actions And what might be motivating him? And so if we take a look at, well, what's he getting out of it? He's getting mom to scream and yell and throw fit and pay attention to him. Then possibly his motivation, like you said, he's got a lot of alone time. Yes. A lot of downtime, a lot of sitting around, not a lot of stimulation, right? And so it makes sense that he might be trying to get your attention or some excitement. Yeah, that makes sense. And I had not thought about it that way. Yeah. And I think it's 
maybe for him and for them, even kind of weird that I am in the house, but they don't see me or they can't like come in and talk to me. So yeah, yesterday I had to stop in the middle of one of my blocks to go and see what was going on because they were just crying and yelling and yeah, I, I, yeah. I can see that that gets them. My right. And when we do that, we come in, we give them attention, even if it's angry attention, Yeah. then it's like, Hey, I know how to get my mom to come out of her office. I know how to get her to pay attention to me. All I have to do is something dangerous, something yes. loud. And so we, without even realizing it, we're teaching them how to behave. I'm rewarding that. Exactly. Yikes. You're rewarding. You're rewarding the behavior you don't want to reward with your Yeah, attention. but then I I can't imagine not responding at all when there's a situation that needs attention. Right. And so, you know, leaving kids kind of to their own devices, it's kind of like leaving a puppy home alone all day. If you've ever had a puppy. And I you take it home two. and then you've, you've had two puppies and you come home. What do they do? They chew up our shoes. They take tear holes in the pillows. Like they pee everywhere. They pee everywhere. <laughs> the term pissed off came from somewhere, right? <laughs> Kids and puppies will pee on things when they're mad at us for leaving them home alone. And so it's not like they're doing anything purposeful. They're just like little wild animals who have been left alone and too long and they need to create excitement and they need to get out their energy, right? That's what puppies are doing. They're getting out their energy and that's what kids are doing too. Yeah, makes sense. So tell me, how do I address those kinds of situations? Right. So if you have, the, if he's misbehaving and you have the thought, he's trying to tell me something, He's trying to communicate with me. How do you think you might feel? More open, okay. more grounded, more curious. Curious, yeah. And what do you think you might do if you had the thought, he's trying to connect and communicate with me, trying to get my attention? What might you do? I, I would ask some questions and observe him and maybe spend even if it's a few minutes like being really present with him not just like trying to manage them to make less noise or you know like really being with him for even if it's for a few minutes i i can see how he likes that and how he, yeah, I had not put those things together, but yeah, sometimes I like in my breaks, I go and sit with them for like three minutes mm -hmm. and it's like they, I can feel their energy kind of settle a little. Yeah. 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 And you can start re rewarding the behavior that you want to see. So mm. you can set a timer and say, okay, when this timer goes off, like if you're quiet this whole time while the timer's on, the timer goes off, I'm going to come out 
And I will, you know, the best way I give this advice, I just give this advice to a dad and he just loved it is uh, if you want to connect with your kid and you don't have a lot of time and you don't have energy, mental energy, and you're like, I don't know what to do with them. All you have to do with little kids is you just walk in the room and you lay on the floor. (laughs) It is the easiest thing. It's something about laying a parent on the floor is like a magnet to children. They will pounce on you, jump on you, roll on top of you. You don't have to think. You don't have to be creative. You just wrestle with them and play like little bear cubs. Yeah, they love that. Love it. And it's just a great way to like break up. Like I said, kind of get the energy out reward the behavior of being quiet. Cause I don't know that, you know, you might not want to, I mean, it depends on your kid's personality, right? Like if they've been quiet for an hour and then you come and say, okay, let's read. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, but they can't really do that for, you know, three hours. <laughs> yeah, sure. So breaking it up with a little physical activity, you could come in and put on a, some music and just dance around the house for two minutes. Yes. We do that. Yeah. Yeah, like little things like that, giving them their full, your full attention, picking them up, hanging them upside down. <laughs> yes, they love that. Yeah, that's really great. And it doesn't necessarily have to take too long. It really doesn't. It's that presence and that connection. That's what he's yearning for. It, it's really, kids have a hard time when we are physically in the room, but our attention is, you know, staring at a phone or a computer, they're like, what is wrong with her? Like, is she dead? Like, like it's almost yes. like it makes them want to go and like poke us and be like, and take Absolutely. our phone away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that because my husband normally works like in the dining room and they poke him all the time. They poke him all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. it's disconcerting to them. They can tell we're not being like fully humans. Yes, yes. Now, I I can totally see that part of his behavior is him wanting more attention. Mm-hmm. But I I I do believe that another part of it is just him wanting to explore. Yeah. And honestly, I remember when I was a child and I was home alone, I can remember going through drawers and finding a gun in my dad's drawer. And we don't have guns in this house, but I mean, I I know the feeling and the, I know the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that even understanding that he wants and craves my attention, I also need to understand that this is a part of his development and maybe even healthy. Could you hide things around the house the night before as like a little challenger game for him, like a little Easter egg hunt? I I love that. (laughs) I will do that. Like tomorrow. I love yeah. it. It's yeah, like, like a easy thing for you to do, you know, before you go to bed, you can even put things inside the Easter eggs, like little toys or little treats yes. or something. So your snack is somewhere hidden in this house and it's your job to find it. Like that would be, it's exactly what they do to 
wild animals or cages, right? <laughs> they hide their food to make them work for it because we're, you know, that's, you yeah. got to remember, he's like, a, you know, six years old, he's a little wild animal. He needs to, you know, explore, yes. he needs to be developmentally appropriate for the age. He should be like outside yes. and running around and playing with other kids. And so he's going to act up to get what he wants and needs. Like you're saying, you kind of admire that about him. Yeah, he's finding a way to get it. Like a dopamine hit from finding things that he didn't know about or whatever. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't need him to stop doing that. I just need to redirect that instinct or yeah motivation. And what's the thought that gets in your way from coming up with these creative solutions? Well, I'm just wanting him to stop it i i my thought is why don't you listen i'm telling you don't do that Mm -hmm. you want him to stop you want him to be quiet you want him to sit still to behave and the thought that he's doing it on purpose to bother me is not helping it's blocking your own creativity yes now it's so hard to not judge myself because now of course looking at this I think it's pretty horrible of me expecting him to be quiet and not make noise. And like, just, I want him to be like a zombie. That's not, (laughs) that's not cool. Not cool at all. Right. And so, but what did I just say about guilt? Yeah. Not useful. I know. Not useful, not even not useful, but it, it actually prevents us from taking productive action. Yeah. So whenever you feel that guilt, you want to use, use it and say like, no, I'm going to open my mind up and say, what else is right in front of me that maybe I haven't been noticing? Yeah. It's really easy to shame yourself, to think like, I'm a bad mom. I'm not doing it right. Because, you know, there is no right or wrong. Hmm. But it's much harder to say, you know what, I'm good enough because I'm trying and I care and I signed up for life coaching. you know I think admitting we're not perfect I know all of this I coach people on these very issues all day every day (laughs) but yeah every coach needs a coach yeah every coach needs a coach yes Yes. well thank you very much for willing being willing to uh be coached on the call today on the podcast I really uh think it's but I always love listening to other people be coached and I just thought it would be fun element to add into my podcast every once in a while. So thank you, Carola. Thank you so much. This was so, so helpful. You have no idea. We're going to have so much fun. (laughs) I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time and the opportunity. And I hope that people um, get some good takeaways from this too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is why too, where like these, this is kind of a, like you said, I, I don't know how I didn't see it before right? That this is how it's a permanent, long lasting change. I mean, like you might go back to feeling guilty and you might be like, oh, I should be better than I am. But this one little area, like he's doing this despite me, this misbehavior, like that really will stick. That won't be something you go back to again. It's just from my experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this. I'm really excited now. (laughs) Thank you. Because I have been dreading this whole summertime. Oh. And this is like the first time in this 
few weeks that I feel excited about it. So yeah. And so use, so you can have fun with them. Use the timer, you know, to like say, okay, when the big hands on this, when these numbers, then I'm going to come out and play with you. And so then he has some like control to, and some kind of like, he can predict, you know, the guests really helpful. Kids really like to, you know, it's how like kindergarten classrooms are very structured. Yeah. You know, after this time, we do this time. So think about your summer being like that structured activities. And then, you know, after this, we go to the park and that you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. There's a reason why kindergarten teachers do it that way because kids thrive on it. Yeah. So to have just this open-ended, expansive time is not as great for kids to, they want to be able to like have a routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. one more thing you can do uh, with your younger daughter too, which is can be fun is sometimes like if you uh, in the more, but like the night before you go to bed is to set up little place, play things for them like the night before. So they wake up in the morning and they see this like block tower with their little, you know, Fisher price people or Lego characters like in action and maybe a new toy they haven't seen for a while, or maybe you put Play-Doh out with little cookie cutters and something so that when they get up in the morning, there's some novelty and mm. it looks like it's like in the middle of being played with, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, it could be a game that you've set up, you know, already for the two of them to play. And so it's just something new and exciting and different to wake up to in the morning. And it gives you a little bit extra time to work or sleep in. If there's moms out there who want to sleep in in the morning, you can create a little like fun scene with mm. their toys. And it will just give them that little burst of like surprise and excitement and it'll gauge them for even just 20 minutes longer. (laughs) I like it. I like that idea. Yeah. Thank you so much. I I will report back how all works out. All right. Sounds good, Carola. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.